Are you immersed in a sea of business advice and education, but not sure what to embark on first? Instead of adding to the ocean of information, we're here to help you navigate it like a pro. The Wayfinding Growth Podcast will help you take a deep dive into new actionable strategies, tools, and tactics to help you grow. So start charting a course for business growth as you explore a better way to grow further, faster, with your hosts, Remington Begg and George B. Thomas. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, George B. Thomas, and we are back for another episode. And when I say we, I mean some other dudes who are way handsomer than I am. And we're going to talk about some smart stuff, too. But let's get this started off. Remington Begg, how are you doing fine, sir? Doing good, doing good. Nice weather outside. Yeah. Get things rolling. I'll I'm just going to make it make it happen. We're going to talk today about user-generated content to grow your business. We're going to be talking to the one, the only, the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler Anderson, about user-generated content. So, Tyler, while we get started, why don't you go ahead and let people know kind of the, the micros of who you are, what you do, and who you do it for? Sure, sure. Uh, so again, uh, Tyler Anderson here. I'm out of San Diego, California. I run uh, Casual Fridays. I'm the founder and CEO. We're a digital marketing agency that specializes in social media marketing for the hospitality, tourism, and entertainment sectors. Uh, I also uh, am, am co-founder of a SaaS product or a software tool called TAC, which actually helps you uh, with user-generated content, which we can get into a little bit today in that story uh, if it's important enough. And I also host an event called Social Media Day San Diego, and I've been doing that since 2012, which has inspired a lot of the other social media pop-ups that you've probably heard and seen, whether it's Jacksonville or Denver or New York and all those other fun places. What brought you here? Like. Give us your background. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my background, I've always been a marketer really by trade. And, and so I, I came from the traditional side. So I was actually on the radio <laughs> side of things. And that was my, you know, probably my second career out of college was doing radio ad sales. And I don't know if any of you guys ever have any experience with that, but that is tough. You're selling air, right? <laughs> to people. <laughs> and you talk about. You know, us as digital marketers, we, we, we definitely put an emphasis on how do we show ROI. It is impeccably hard to show ROI on radio advertising, right? I mean, I'm sure you hear it. Well, we, we see it with podcasts. The, the best thing we have is like enter promo code this, and we're hoping our listeners plug that promo code in uh, when we're trying to show that. Same goes with radio. But I was an early adapter to social media. So when I was around 24 years old, uh, working at the radio station, trying to show value, create cool campaigns for my clients. And I had some larger clients at the time like Pepsi and Vitamin Water. Um, I was an early adapter on MySpace. And I know that's a blast mm. from the oh, past. Oh, man. And, yeah. And, and I, unbeknownst to my program director at the radio station at the time, like I went out and created the MySpace profiles for our radio station. And just instantly, of course, listeners were gravitating to it because, again, this was like the top 40 pop radio station in the market. So, again, all the teeny boppers are listening to it. Well, of course, they're all on MySpace. And that's when I just saw this huge opportunity with it. And then I started creating kind of, um, you know, we, we call them in radio uh, NTR, which stands for non-traditional revenue. So it wasn't revenue from a you know, selling a radio commercial, but it was like coming up with like, you know, social media MySpace promotions. And I was selling them through the radio station to like clients like Pepsi and vitamin water or including them as part of bigger promotions. And, uh, that's just when, you know, hockey stick growth on my, my revenue was just going through the, the through the roof or through the charts, I should say. And of course that was when I saw it. And again, I got, I got the management, you know, moved into management, got the golden handcuffs for a little bit. Right. So that delayed my entrepreneurial uh, leap, if you will. But then in 2009, I decided to go for it, 
went to about five clients that I had a good relationship with, said, hey, would you guys be willing to pay for this? Like, this is the future, social media, blah, blah, blah. And the rest is history, guys. That's Man, awesome. I love that. And that's new to me, the golden handcuffs. Like, I'm, I'm strapped down. By the way, we're talking about radio. We're talking about MySpace. No, we're really going to talk about user-generated content. So, Tyler, let's <laughs> fast forward. Let's fast sure. forward to today and talk about how do you make a living today? Like, what pays the bills, if you will? Yeah, so um, obviously our, our agency, uh, as the founder and CEO, we've grown. We're, we're over, I think, 22 employees now full-time. Um, you know, with, uh, we have a team here in San Diego, but we, we're a hundred percent remote culture. So we have, uh, teams in San Diego, Florida and Atlanta. Um, and yeah, what pays my bills is running that agency. And again, we work a lot with, uh, hospitality, tourism, and entertainment sectors. Talk to me about some like defining milestones in, in life or business that kind of brought you here today in regard, like maybe into the agency, maybe talk a little bit about that transition from radio to agency. Sure. So obviously the the first transition is again just making that transition from radio to to the agency. Or, or and let's be real when I when I say an agency I can I can legitimately say that now because I have over twenty employees right. <laughs> but when I started it was a team of one. I mean I went to those first five clients I'm like hey you should be on social media and at the time it was all about Facebook and and Twitter was just kind of growing there as well. Man this is again this was January two thousand nineteen so almost literally ten years ago to this month guys and um. Back then, I was doing everything. Like I was the one who was creating the content and all that. So I'd say the first milestone, though, is like when you get to a point where you have enough clients and you need to hire someone, right? And then, so I think my very first, um, I mean, granted, I, I leveraged some interns and some contractors, but my, I remember my very first full-time employee didn't come until about 2012, right? I did leverage like contractors and stuff and interns. Um, between 2009 and 2011, but 2012, I was finally up to about 20 plus clients and that's a lot for one person to manage, had to go ahead and hire that first full-time employee. And I feel bad. I mean, she's, she's awesome. Her name's Cammie. I'll, I'll tell her right now. She's, she's moved on. Of course, I'm a big believer. I don't know if you guys know Reed Hoffman's book, Tour of Duty. She served her tour of duty with Casual Fridays, realized it wasn't the thing for her. Now she's teaching school, uh, to third graders or something like that. So good for her. But she was with me for about two and a half, three years. And I felt so bad. I just told her, like, listen, as we grow, you grow. All I could afford to pay her, like, as her starting salary was like twenty five grand. And I, I cringe just saying that. But as an entrepreneur, as you get started, that's that's what it takes. And fast forward today, of course, uh, we're doing we're doing pretty well and pay very competitively now. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's different. But that's definitely one milestone. And I'd say the other big milestone for me was when I really discovered going niche. Um, so before I was working with anybody, right? I mean, I, some of my, my first initial five clients was like a tire dealer, uh, a, a cosmetology school. Um, gosh, who else was in there? A, a, um, a, a, a denim jean warehouse trunk sale, um, a bridal show and God, what was the fifth one? I can't remember right now. Oh, a startup. So those were my five initial, I mean, come on, like from a bridal show to a tire the dealer market. Come on, <laughs> so different. And so where I really got my big break was working with a hotel, for a bar that they had in 2011 and it's a really prominent bar in San Diego um, at a pretty prominent hotel and then after about six months of doing work with them they said hey you're, you're doing good with this can you take over um, the hotel stuff too so we started doing the hotel and then that just opened up doors um, because then that's when I learned about the business of hospitality and how there's different ownership groups and you know next thing I know we went from that one hotel to about you know, two years later, we're working about 50 plus hotels. And then fast forward to our peak, we're doing about 100, 
40 hotels. It's funny how like when you start to talk about these points in your life, it's not like you really engineered them, but you can definitely see where it was that moment where you're like, oh, if we didn't do this – then this wouldn't have happened, and we should always be paying attention to that because then maybe can, we can reverse engineer that with some other stuff, which is why now you do a lot with hospitality. Like in the beginning, you mentioned that as well. So it's time to chart the course, which I love this because we get to get a little bit more specific to the topic that we're talking about. And Tyler, I, I know people are going to listen to this, and they're going to say, well, user-generated content, what is it? Well, it's user-generated content. Like, <laughs> I mean, in the title, it is what it is. But I want you yeah. to go a little bit deeper and really talk about user-generated content for business growth and the sure. difference that means versus just saying, oh, yeah, people will take photos of this or that. And so go ahead and dive in a little bit deeper for us. Yeah, and I think to start, I mean, part of the reason we had to tap into UGC first was because when we're trying to, to manage social, and this is in the early days too, in 2011 and 2012, yeah, this was before organic was kind of, you know, let's be real, like really limited uh, on, on, for example, like a platform like Facebook. Um, when we had a lot of these hotels we were working with and we would sit there like, hey, you know, we could go out there and maybe take some of the content. But again, when we're working with clients all over the United States, like I can't be at a hotel in, you know, downtown Kansas City, you know, every day. So we relied a lot on them to send in content, right? But they would not send in a lot of the content. We'd tell them the type of content they should be sending in and they would never do it. But where we found the content being created was by the hotel guests or users. So that's when we just tapped into user-generated content and said, like, wow, we can get, like, impeccable, you know, photos and short videos um, from the hotel guests that we can leverage. So that's how we kind of uh, started leveraging it and, and, and realizing the importance of it. But, yeah, from a business standpoint and the growth, I mean, you know, we, we all we, – we even see it today. Like, our good friend Jay Bear just wrote that new book, Talk Trigger. I mean, UGC is even a form of talk triggers, Right. Um, it's something that is, it's just more impactful. It's more meaningful. We live in a time now where, you know, there's been various studies over the years. So I'm just going to paraphrase them. And if you get, you know, different numbers, that's totally cool. But like, I've seen anything from like 80% to 91% of us, you know, trust recommendations from friends and family. Well, UGC is a form of that, right? So, you know, we can go out there and we can, we can promote our brand or our business all we want. But the reality is, a lot of people don't trust brands or, 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 or brand marketing, right? Like it's, I think the number there is probably less than like 30% of us trust information on brands' websites. We want to see what other people or hear what other people are using, uh, where they're going, what they're doing. You know, what are they going to go put their stamp of approval on? I'm, I'm sure you guys uh, – we've all done this. We go to Amazon, right? And we're all Amazon Prime members. We're looking for the newest product, widget, whatever it is. We go there. And there might be something that only has like five reviews and it's like five stars – but then there's another thing that's got, you know, 1,500 reviews and it might be three and a half stars. We're still buying that one with 1,500 because that's 1,500 more other people who obviously like have tried that product. We're, we're more sold on that, right? That's user-generated content. So in a nutshell, though, yeah, what UGC is, is essentially it's content created, um, you know, by your customers or potential customers um, about your brand or business. And again, it could be in the form of social media posts, updates. It could be reviews on sites like TripAdvisor or Yelp or, or Google reviews, whatever it may be. Um, it could be blog posts, videos, YouTube testimonials, all that stuff. But it's just at the end of the day, it's more believable and more impactful than brand content. So why do you think that companies need to really start paying attention to this? Why does it matter? 
Sure. Well, one, it has way more influence, as I kind of mentioned. And so, again, there's been yep. tons of, of data and studies out there. I know Jay, Jay Bear's company, uh, Convince and Convert, uh, I think they just did a whole new study with their whole book on, on talk triggers. They might have some of it, but um, I've seen stuff from Adweek and, and a bunch of other ones. But roughly 85% of web users find UGC more influential than brand content. So, I mean, think about that. Um, and plus, again, it goes back to the trust factor. So again, trust is a huge thing. We trust UGC or content created by others versus content created by brands. Only 16% of us literally trust information on a company website. And then it does affect purchasing decisions. And it's, you know, a lot of people I think feel this is with the millennials like, oh, no, only millennials are impacted by, you know, UGC. And that is not true. So while it is true that roughly 84, 85% of millennials are uh, influenced by UGC in their purchasing decision decisions. We're also seeing that with the baby boomers as well. So over 70% of baby boomers are influenced by UGC uh, when it comes to purchasing decisions too. So that's probably the, the big things of why businesses need to kind of worry about, not only say worry, should be leveraging this as influence, trust, and then the uh, impact on purchasing decisions. So, awesome. so Tyler, one of the things that we have to do as businesses, if, if we're going to truly chart a course, which is the section that we're in is charting the course, we need to know where we're starting from so we can figure out where we have to get to. And so when you sit back and think about, and I love the fact that uh, UGC, right, we can yep. kind of shorten it a little bit, uh, but user-generated content, when you think of companies nowadays, like where do you feel they are now? And then we'll kind of move into where they should get to after you answer that. Yeah, I think like we're so, – so so definitely where they are now. I think they're, they're – most bigger brands are definitely familiar with UGC, right? Um, and I'd say even a lot of the smaller ones might – they might not directly know what it is, but they're using it. Like we've seen them maybe like tap in, like even like the form of – of, you know, retweeting customer testimonials, for example, on like Twitter, like that's still UGC. And we've seen brands or businesses do that. Um, but where they need to go is really kind of have to have a strategy with it. Like, how are you going to leverage it? A big thing too is, is not only just, it's, it's great if you can get your customers to create it. And we can talk about that. You should have a strategy to get them to create that. We can give examples, but you also should be leveraging this. So if you do this right, you can get permission. Like you want to make sure you get legal permission. We can dive into that too a little later. Um, but once you get that permission, I mean, there's some amazing content creators out there, like just impeccable content creators who can create some really cool, um, unique content for your brand or business, depending on your industry. And if you get permission to that, you know, you can leverage that depending on, on the agreement you, you make with these people. Uh, you can leverage that in all other forms of marketing. So you could leverage it not just with social, but it could be for, you know, email newsletters. It could be for your own company website. You could leverage it, um, on your, you know, your, your, uh, you know, however you want to use your creativity. There's tons of ways of doing it. We've actually even seen some clients, uh, that we've worked with where we've gotten permission to send the UGC. This is for a big, uh, music festival. They've actually, um, superimposed some of the best UGC on printed collateral at the event too. Now that's inspiring people like, wow. Wow, like, look at that. Like, there's my photo, and it's just blown up there in front of you know, 60,000 people. So, um, definitely, I think they just got to work toward a strategy and how to leverage it. So, when you start thinking about UGC, I love that it's short. Thank you. Um, turning into, you know, turning into this strategy, where do you think companies need, like, what are the first couple steps that they need to take in order to start thinking about it as a strategy rather than just a tactic? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest mistake people do is like they, I mean, we've seen this all the time. People just go out there and throw like, oh, use our hashtag, right? Like, yeah, oh, just do a hashtag. But like, are you, are you curating that? Like, how are you promoting that hashtag? 
are you is it really a call to action to get someone to promote it so i think it's like taking a step back like what is the goal like some content is better than no content right but like if you're you're, like let's just use an example of a hotel right you might have a hotel do you really want a ton of people like showing you know uh photos of them like in the room while the bed's not made and you know, maybe there's uh, a bunch of like unpacked suitcases like all over. Like that's probably not the best thing. But so maybe you want to have a strategy like, hey, we have an amazing uh, uh, pool deck and display there, right? We have tons of water activities for the kids and and fun, cool things and amazing um, restaurants with awesome, you know, craft cocktails. You want to have a strategy that gets them to create that content when they're at those specific um, parts of the hotel, right? So again, you got to tailor that for your business. Like what what is it you want? your customers or ideal customers to know about and how do you get your customers to create that content? That's the the puzzle you got to solve. It's funny because we've referenced this, like the company. And so I want to get a little bit more specific because Remington uh, pseudo stole my question when he started to dive into strategy, but who is the captain or who should be the captain of the ship that is focused on this strategy when they want to leverage UGC for business growth? Yeah, I mean, it depends on uh, – obviously, depends on the, the, the size of the company and the organization. I mean, definitely, like, of course, if you're, like, you know, the, 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 the marketing manager or you're the, you know, the VP of digital or whatever, like, you can set the high-level strategy. But really, when it comes down to executing it, it's going to be, your, it's gonna be your, your troops on the ground, right? It's going to be the person out there who's maybe combing – uh, the platforms generally the best platform we've seen to, and I'm talking about to like observe, you know, the, the content that's being created by you is usually Instagram nowadays. Let's be real. Um, it's the easiest to search for too. You know, Facebook, you can do so, but a lot of people, um, have their profile content or the content they're creating on set to private, right? So we're not seeing everything. We're not seeing if they're checking in and all that or if they're, you know, if they are using hashtags. Um, Twitter, of course, you know, again, it can work for some industries, but not for all. But I'd say for for ninety percent of like B two C brands, uh, Instagram is the the golden standard, right? And so, one, they can search by location tags. So if you're a physical location, you can go on Instagram and search by like locations. And when people are tagging you, because some people won't tag your handle, they don't know your hashtag, right? So that's probably the the no brainer. Searching your location tag, and you can see all the content where people are tagging your location. And we live in a society where people want to brag to their friends. I mean, we say it all the time when they're at a restaurant, when they're at a hotel, when they're at a concert, when they're at a, uh, you know, uh, events like social media marketing world. I mean, they're tagging that location tag, right? They're bragging their friends what they're doing. That's the easiest place to go search for it for a location. Of course, you can search through uh, hashtags as well. Um, and you can search through um, your, your actual usernames. Now, of course, with some of the API changes that happened to Instagram this last year, uh, you, you know, there, there does present some limitations to trying to create a dialogue with these people who are creating it if you're using a third party tool. But definitely like when it comes to the strategy, my, my number one recommendation is you want to have a strategy that's encouraging them to do either a tag your actual handle. So if you're a business, you want to have printed collateral around your, your store or have a separate digital campaign or remind them through emails like, Hey, you know, you know, call the action, but here's where you're going. You're tagging our business, right? Cause now we're getting notified of that content. So it makes it easier for us to find and engage back with them or have that call to action for hashtags. So I think that's even probably the biggest mistake. I know you didn't ask that is I just, brands don't have a strategy. They don't have a call to action to get it. They're just kind of fingers crossed. I hope people are out there creating this UGC. All right. So you mentioned tech, so I'm excited to hear more about that, but what are some physical or digital tools that you would recommend people start to use in order to, um, in order to be able to, control and understand a little bit more about what's going on from a UGC perspective. 
Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, I'm sure everybody's seen like at, at events, like, um, you know, you're at, a, I, I just like last week I was at a, a, a college bowl game. Right. And of course on the jumbotron, they're having like, Hey, call the action, right? Get your, your photo of you enjoying, you know, the game with your son or child or whatever it is. So, um, some tools like that are like tint, for example, that's a good tool. Uh, we do have tack. Um, there's other ones like hyper and ground signal candid, they're all like, you know, offer different types of, of features and functionality. But I guess at the end of the day, when you're looking for a UGC management tool, um, you want it, it is very critical. You do want to have something though, um, that's asking for permission. So it's one thing if, if you know, like if you're just having a hashtag and someone does it and it's pulling into a feed and being displayed at an event, because all that's doing is just taking that person's photo and it's just pulling it in. And that's all part of Instagram's terms of service, for example. But if you're going to go ahead and have people create content and then you want to repurpose that content and, um, you know, just giving attribution on Instagram is not, um, first of all, it's a copyright violation. Our, our good friend Mitch Jackson has, has talked about this before. Um, you got to be careful. You got to make sure you get legal permission if you're going to repurpose or reuse someone's photo on Facebook or Instagram. So these tools do help that with you because through the, the comment threads on there, you can ask for permission. This is like how TAC works. And so say um, somebody has a cool photo on Instagram and you want to repurpose that for your own marketing, you can just comment on there like, hey, this is really awesome. Um, we, we love this. This would be great for us to share to our audiences. Um, if you, if you approve, you know, reply hashtag, you know, yes. And then you can put your brand name. And then the minute they reply in that comment thread with that hashtag, that photo automatically goes into a, um, content library. So now when you're creating content, you can just search by keyword. What do you want to find? And it can search by the captions or if you tag it. So that's, that's how TAC works. That's pretty similar how the other ones work. So you're essentially building out a content library too. It's interesting because we all need, Tyler, uh, the ability to get to this content like quickly. And so when you, when you talk about these different tools, which by the way, you listed them off really, really quick, like tent, <laughs> TAC, hyper, uh, was it ground signal? Yeah, you, ground signal. Candid. Ground signal. So and then another one's called Pixly too. Pixly's a, a pretty good one too. Nice. So, so when you think of these tools and specifically maybe even to tact, like, is this a thing where it's easy to spread throughout your entire organization? And I'll tell you where I'm going with this. Like, immediately when you said you have like this content. Uh, archive, if you will, or bank that you can create and, and have. I go from the sales side of this. Like, can you add permissions for like sales reps to begin there and grab it and use it? Or is it just more marketing? Like, talk to me a little bit about that when we're talking company tools and, and who would use them how. Yeah, like I can't speak for all the tools, but just internally, like our tool, absolutely. Like you can have different accounts where you have multiple user accounts who can have access to it. So while you might have the social media team who's out there sourcing the UGC, and then once they get permission, like the good stuff, it automatically goes into the content library. You could even create a, a tag in there called sales. And, you know, the sales guy could go in there and see like, what if, what, what's, what content have we sourced that's good for sales presentations? And I'll actually even give you an example. Um, we, we had a hotel that we worked with in Anaheim. It's right. It's a Disneyland resort. Right. And they loved the content that they were getting from the UGC way better than like the, the photo shoots that they go spend $10,000 on. Right. And so, um, we built this huge, awesome library of it. And the, the, the VP of sales actually said, Hey, can I, can we use this like in our collateral? Like, can we, do we have permission to use this stuff in our, you know, 
PowerPoint presentations that we're sending out to clients. We're like, absolutely. So we definitely downloaded all that stuff, put it into a Dropbox folder. He had access to it. And that's really what's utilizing now, or that's what they're utilizing now for all their, their PowerPoint presentations or their collateral, if you will, uh, to go out there and try to drive new group business, for example. Cause they can sit there and they can, they can, you know, like I said, they can set up a, a demonstration of, uh, or, or not a demonstration, but a room setup of a banquet hall, right? Or a banquet room. And they can go and set that up and they can hire a professional photographer to come on in there, photo shoot it, right? And that's what they do. And then they, they put that in their pamphlets, right? Well, what better way to show this than actual groups who are utilizing the space? And now other brands and businesses who might be thinking of like using that meeting space, they go in there and they see that like, oh, wow, that's how, you know, Quicken Loans redid the room. That's really cool. And, and that's what's building up their sales collateral as opposed to like this fake, you know, um, staged content that they were creating before. Yeah, and that might be the gem of like so far in the interview, like the fact that if you're sitting here listening to this or watching this and you're spending ten, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars a year or more in photo shoots and talent to set things up, um, and you're listening and you're like, Oh, but we're not using user generated content like Talk about being able to grow your business with an additional, you know, twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars of disposable, usable cash. Totally. For other tactics like that may be amazing. Hey, why I'm on this? Let me just say, by the way, this is brought to you by Impulse Creative. This show, Wayfinding Growth. We know you love it, but you also might love our video, our website, and our marketing audits. That's where we'll look at what you're doing for your business to try to grow your business, and we'll make sure that you're doing it right and that you're getting positive ROI. Remington. This has been a lot of positivity, and we know that life yeah. sometimes isn't all positive. I hate to be the guy <laughs> that leads us into the negative, but where are we headed next? Like, you, I think you're familiar with this like location somehow, some way. <laughs> this theme that I came from the Bermuda Triangle just keeps coming back. But so the next section is the Bermuda Triangle, and so um, so as we dig into this, where do people get lost when they start trying to? create a user-generated content strategy or maybe sure. just get started with user-generated content. Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to answer that, but really quick, one other thing too, I yeah. want to piggyback on what George was talking about, like the gem maybe being like how much you're spending on, you know, professional photo shoots. The other one too is think how much time or how much money people spend on stock photography. That sucks, <laughs> right? Like, and, and I've seen so many brands and businesses who leverage stock photography, you know, when they're building out, like whether it's their website or menus at restaurants or gosh knows what it is, like, why not go get some UGC and there's some good quality UGC out there. So, uh, and again, you know, depending on how you structure your agreements and again, depending on the software tool, you can do that. You can get full rights to use this any way which you want. So again, it's not just where you're only using this UGC for platforms like social media, but again, you can use it in your sales presentations or PowerPoints or in your packaging for your product or in printed collateral or on menus or any other offline marketing materials as well. Um, but to answer your question, I guess the Bermuda Triangle. So you're saying what, where, where do people get stuck with this? Yeah. I'd say it's a couple things. One is, um, I was actually at, uh, speaking at Social Fresh about last month and I was talking, uh, with the, the, the girl who heads up the American Cancer Society and she loves UGC, but her biggest sticking point was she's doing everything manually and that's why there are tools out there. So I'd say it's, it's great, but it's such a time suck. If you have to go out there and manually, um, 
you know, browse for it and then comment on it like, hey, you know, can we have the rights to use this? But then you have to manually go back and check to see if they responded because you don't know that where where a tool will automatically notify you or ping you if they reply to your comment, right? Um, and I'd say the other thing is from a strategy where they get stuck is, again, I kind of mentioned this earlier, they're not thinking through things from the eyes of their customer, right, or their or, or their, their target customer. They're kind of thinking, again, as a marketer, and they're like, well, we really want to push this or that. Um, but, but again, like walk yourself through your customer journey, like where I try to identify the areas where someone's realistically going to create UGC. Um, let's be real. Like, uh, if you, if you're a dentist, is someone really going to take selfies? Like why they're in the dentist chair? No, they're not going to do that. So what's the best form of UGC there? I don't know, probably some kind of, you know, testimonial campaign or trying to get other people to like create testimonials and do, do, you know, reviews on, on platforms like Yelp or Google reviews. You got to identify like what realistic or what's a realistic ask for your customer that's going to drive that. You know, you can't just sit there and have, you know, high uh, pie in the sky, high, what's it? Pie in the sky hopes that, you know, you're going to get all this endless content. You know, you gotta, you gotta be realistic. Also, so the next time I'm at the dentist, just so you guys know, I am going <laughs> to take a selfie. A selfie. <laughs> I'm going to tag both of you in it. I'm going to send it over. Yep. Achievement will be unlocked. I don't know when, but my you got to You got to tag your actual dentist then too. You guys, Hey, the best dentist in the world. Like if you you know, need a good teeth cleaning or whatever it is, you got to come <laughs> and check out Dr. So-and-so that's what you got to do. Right. There you go. Tyler, <laughs> when you're doing this, when you're doing UGC, who do you, or what do you think or feel the pirate is? So who, who's like, who's the pirate? Like who's doing awesome with it? Right. Ah, maybe. No? Yeah. See, see, that's part of it. Like, I, I think it was Joey Coleman who first, when we asked this, said the good pirate or the bad pirate. Yeah. Because there are two. So whichever way you want to go, brother. Well, all right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the good pirate first of all. Well, actually, let's talk about the bad pirate because this actually works. <laughs> it's like pir- pirating is stealing it. So don't steal it. I've seen a lot of brands yeah. like this. Um, so they'll, they'll just go out there and they'll just like comb, you know, hashtags and they'll like something. Um, or they'll even comb like, you know, location tags, for example, and they see something they like, they just go ahead and literally like screenshot it, capture it. And then now all of a sudden they're using that all over. And, and, and this is really insulting. I even actually had, um, it ha- I had it happen to me, like, right? Like I was at a hotel and that hotel wound up stealing my content. And it, it was Thanksgiving morning. I woke up and I got a notification that somebody mentioned me in a post and it was this hotel. And I was like, interesting. And I'm like, why, why are they mentioning me? And I click over they used my photo from like four years ago. And I was like, that's pretty weak. Like, you know, now I don't really care because I'm in this industry, but like it just takes one time where you might hit the wrong person or some mega influencer and somebody who could have, you know, they could go sue you for damages on it. So as a brand, you got to be careful. Um, so make sure you get permission. So that's my don't pirate it in the bad way. Don't steal it. Uh, as far as somebody who does it really well, I'm going to name one of a brand that I love. Um, are you guys familiar with ButcherBox by chance? No. So ButcherBox is one of those um, – it's like one of those subscription programs, but it's for organic grass-fed meats, okay? So if you're you – know, it's like you know, uh, like Trunk Club or whatever for, for – is that what it's called for clothes? But it's like that of meats, yep. right? So ButcherBox basically – you know, it's funny because they do – on their content strategy that they even post, um, they'll share content not only of um, – of their UGC, but they'll also share some of their quote unquote branded images or probably stock photography of like beautiful, juicy steaks with a perfect pink middle, right? 
hands down, if you go even look and do a spot test with your own eyes, you'll see all their UGC outperforms engagement and comments and everything than that, that professional looking stuff, right? And what's the beauty of this is the UGC is literally like flash frozen steaks, right? People just doing unboxings like, hey, my new box, uh, my new butcher box came this month, you know, and then they'll also post UGC of them, you know, grilling it on, you know, grilling down the grill or what it looks like after. So it's butcher box. I think they do a great job. And what I love specifically too is they have a call to action. So when you first, you know, get your box, you're unpacking with all your meats, they have a kind of a, a five by seven postcard in there like, and I can't remember exactly what the verbiage is, but it's something along the lines of like, hey, you know, share your butcher box experience. Let us know how you feel. And they have like a tag us here. Use this hashtag. So very specific instructions. And you can go check out either their hashtag or their handle. And you see a lot of people on Instagram who are sharing, you know, their 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 butcher box experience, if you will. So I think that's awesome. Hey, um, I do have a question because I want you to think about because you just gave us a pirate butcher box. In a minute, after Remington says a few words, I am going to ask you to give us another person that you think is absolutely killing it when it comes to this and maybe have another scenario ready. So, Remington, you got some words for yeah. us? Yeah. So now is the time where you get to subscribe to our weekly show notes and monthly deep dive newsletters. So each week you get the awesome goodness and all of this information that we are sharing online in your inbox. So you'll be able to check up on it. So sign up today on any of the pages where we have our Wayfinding Growth podcast. Oh, yeah. You know that I love when Remington does that spot because I'm just I'm in the background, like getting all juiced up for the captain killing it section of the show and that's where we talk about somebody who's absolutely killing it either in a good way or a bad way when it comes to creating user-generated content or using user-generated content or something around UGC. Hey, I said it multiple different ways. So, Tyler, when you think about this, most people go with positive. You can go with negative. Like, who would be this week's captain? Killing it. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna give myself a pat on the back because I don't think that's fair because <laughs> I think we are crushing it for a lot of our clients. But thinking of uh, other brands or businesses who are doing a great job with UGC and just crushing it, um, I am gonna go actually with uh, there, there's two. I want to tell you two stories actually. Do I have time for two? Because this one, unfortunately, yeah. they don't exist anymore. But I think it was genius. Um, they they I don't know if he pivoted. I think he was starting a new business, but it was a startup and it was this uh, company called. Guy bar. And I, I used to feature these guys and stuff. So what guy bar is, it's like a stainless steel, perfectly shaped, um, little looks like an L and it's called guy bar and it's a shaving utility. So if you want to like shave like a beard, you'd literally like put it up where your side bar sideburns go and it goes down here and you just like take your razor and you'd like get the perfect cut there. You can put it around your, sorry about that. You put it on your neck and just trim down there. So you had like the perfect beard. And what's crazy about UGC, again, they had the packaging when you ordered a guy bar. It literally uh, came out and had a call to action when you'd pull it out. And it wanted you to share YouTube videos of you giving a review and testimonial of the guy bar. So what better way of like all Sweet. these YouTube videos of guys Hey, here, here's me demoing the guy bar. And then they gave the review and then they actually got permission and they focus or they showcased one of those videos on their website. So I thought that was super awesome. Like they, they were on for a couple of years and, uh, they were awesome, but they, I just, I, because of all that, I've subscribed to their, their uh, email newsletter. And I want to say about two, three months ago, he said he was pivoting into a new industry for 2019. So I don't know if they're still doing it, but for a while I thought he absolutely crushed it. Um, and, and I feel like the hotels are just too easy because, like, let's be real, so many people are creating good stuff when they're out and about. 
um, at hotels. So as far as another brand that's just crushing when I, when it comes to user generated content, I'm going to go with, and again, some people might find this a little too easy, but any of the, the, the theme parks usually pretty much crush it, right? So like I've seen Disney who will crush it with this. They'll get permissions from, you know, anybody and everybody at their, at their amusement parks showcasing the magical experience from Disney. I've seen SeaWorld do a good job with this as well as Legoland. So I'd say, you know, definitely check them out. I wish I had a really good example of a B2B brand who's just crushing it and I don't, but I will give you one that I, I, I actually did witness, uh, recently. I thought this was kind of cool and clever. So we were traveling and we had to, um, we had to uh, board my dog, which sucks. I have a 50-pound yellow lab, and last minute, my wife and I, we have three young kids. We were literally the, the day before we are getting ready to go on our vacation. I looked down. I'm like, oh, my God, like who's, who's dog sitting? She's like, we don't have anybody? I'm like, I thought you were handling it. She's like, I thought you were handling it. I'm like, nope. So <laughs> we, we had to go, and we, we found this place to dog sit here in San Diego. And when I dropped um, her off, they had this cool flyer that they handed me. And basically said, hey, we share photos all the time of your dog's experience. Like, follow us on Instagram. You know, do this, do that. And that was in a turn. Now, granted, they were creating the original content. But what am I doing? I'm like, re- I'm like regramming that or I'm like sharing that on Facebook. Like, that's UGC of me. Like, oh, my God, this is so cool. I can actually see my dog and check in with her, um, you know, on my entire vacation. So they had that cool, you know, you that call to action, right? of where I could go find the content that they're posting. And again, I'm, I'm sharing it. So that's creating UGC too. So I thought that was awesome. Well, Tyler, this has been so much fun. I think we just barely touched the surface of UGC, but um, do you mind sharing a little bit about how people can connect with you if they want to follow up? Sure. If you want to connect with me, uh, it's really easy. It's just go to casualfridays.com and all of our social links are there. Or for me on pretty much every social channel, it's at Tyler J. Anderson. Again, it's at Tyler J. Anderson for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, wherever. So pretty easy. And then if you want more information on TAC and you want to check it out, it's just uh, foundontac.com. Wayfinders, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast app, make sure you head over to iTunes because that's probably not where you're at and leave five stars, a rating, a review, something. If you're listening or watching to the, watching this on YouTube, then make sure you hit the bells, the likes, the subscribes, all the things so that we know that you're part of the community. Until next time, Remington, Tyler, and myself are saying and hoping that until next time, make sure you're doing all that you can do to leave the dock of mediocrity and set sail to the sunset of your success.